Wednesday. She's on the Mount Rushmore of Florida talk show hosts, and she's on your radio now. 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 It's the Joyce Kaufman Show on News Talk 850 WFTL. Unbelievable. Everything, every minute there's more news coming at me than any human being could possibly cover but uh, that's okay i'm not i'm not complaining um a good piece of news about a race that has uh, now been announced by a brigadier general 36 year veteran with the u.s army with all kinds of uh, awards he's going to be running as the republican candidate to replace new hampshire democrat senator gene shaheen uh general brigadier general don bulduck who is a lifelong republican led one of the first groups in Afghanistan after the 9-11 attacks. Uh, he's been a commander, combined joint special operations component commander, a deputy director for the U.S.-Africa Command, and a special operations command out of Africa, Who um, a man who has relentlessly advocated on behalf of veterans who suffer from PTSD um, and admits that he has fought against PTSD himself. Uh, he's been nicknamed Captain America and also everyone's general. So that's going to be an interesting candidacy to watch uh, because I'm trying to find some interesting ones because these uh, these Democrats are hilarious, but you still need to have a little seriousness when you talk about upcoming elections. Now, I'm not sure how I, uh, how I even covered this story um, regarding a lawmaker who is encouraging lawlessness um to support her very radical agenda and that of course is none other than alexandria ocasio cortez the democrat out of new york who posted on twitter while i was uh, just coming home from california that americans should report ice raids and work to harbor illegal aliens in order to uh, basically facilitate lawlessness and hamper any hope of this president uh, at uh, dealing with immigration. You know, this is an issue that they have kicked down the road for far too long. And there's finally someone who's willing to tackle it, has made all kinds of concession offers to the Democrats, all of which they haven't responded to. So she said, warning. The Trump administration is expected to begin ICE raids across the country tomorrow, targeting people for Roundup. Now is the time for us to come together. Check in with your neighbors. Share Know Your Rights information. If you see ICE, report to United We Dream. And then she gives out a phone number. ICE raids are expected to start on Sunday. That, of course, we know was postponed for two weeks. And, uh, you know, she basically was advising people on defying the law. I mean, this talking point that she's been pushing about the concentration camps is vile. You know, we are not running concentration camps on our southern border. And, uh, you know, the incredibly moronic Ilhan Omar actually defended AOC's comments with this. Now, I don't know if this is maybe because English is not her native language, but does anybody think that this line makes sense? These are camps and people are being concentrated. Um, 
I know oranges get concentrated for juice, but uh, people are being concentrated. She went on to say, this is uh, Ilan Omar, this is very simple. I don't even know why this is a controversial thing for her to say. We have to really truthfully speak about what's taking place, the Minnesota Democrat said. And this is why it's really important for us to abolish ICE and make sure that we have an agency that is accountable to the people that is dealing with the situation in a humane way. There's no way that we can allow for kids to be caged in this country and children to be separated from their families and people being terrorized in their communities. We have to make sure that we're calling it out, and I am 100% with Alex. Oh, good. What a mighty crew that is. Uh, they really, uh, they're really just struggling. Uh, to to be relevant, and they're not very relevant at all. You know, this is the uh, same Ilhan Omar, who we now find out is literally, uh, most likely, a lawbreaker on so many levels. She lied about her estranged husband and brother, who are in Kenya working for her sister, in spite of what she has told us, she just won't answer questions about a marriage to a man who appears to be her own brother. She paid $500 civil fine for violating campaign finance law earlier this month. She had to pay an additional $3,500 for improperly using campaign funds. But it's the investigation into Ilhan Omar and the findings released by the Minnesota Campaign Finance and Public Disclosure Board that revealed something even more serious. It appears that she may have filed fraudulent federal and state tax returns. She swore under penalty of perjury while divorcing her husband, maybe her brother, that she didn't uh, or that she hadn't seen Ahmed Elmi since 2011 and didn't know anyone who could help her to contact him. But it appears that uh, hidden code on a website shows that Ahmed Elmi actually designed and set up a website for Ilhan Omar's sister this year and is living in Nairobi, the same city that Omar's sister Sara Noor lives and works in. This uh, investigative journalist, David Steinberg, uh, he has uncovered a lot of damaging stuff. And what's really amazing to me is that those local Minnesota newspapers have defended Ilhan Omar to the point of ridiculous. And now they're beginning to jump ship. Uh, not only did she commit immigration fraud by marrying her brother, she lied to the court about his whereabouts. And, uh, you know, the media is covering up her marriage scandal. Um, what is it that Tucker Carlson said last night? It says, you come to our country, you scam our system, you hate us, and we feel like we can't even say anything about it. That's a pretty pathetic position for us to find ourselves in as Americans. I don't know about the rest of you, but uh, I'm sick and tired of being policed and told I can't talk about relevant issues because somehow it'll cast me in the light of a racist or an Islamophobe or whatever else. Uh, apparently, we're also not allowed to speak about how um, George Papadopoulos was targeted not once, but twice by the previous administration.
first to halt Israel and assist Iran's gas pipelines, and then the second time to stop candidate Trump. These are the sins that are just beginning to surface. We know that Obama targeted George Papadopoulos first to stop the construction of the natural gas pipeline to Europe by Israel in favor of Iran's pipeline. Then Obama uh, administration uh, targeted Papadopoulos a second time to prevent the candidate from becoming a president. You know, these pieces are all starting to fall together and uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to make it stop. You know, this is a man who uh, Joe Biden wants us to believe had no scandals in his administration. And I have a, a funny feeling that he's going to end up being known as really one of the biggest crooks to ever enter the Oval Office. And Trump campaign volunteer George Papadopoulos may be the one who brings him down. He's been hinting around it for a long time. He said, Clapper is an imbecile. Not only did he outsource spying on me to the Italians, the Brits, and the Australian, and involve the CIA, he admits on CNN that it was normal. The most disturbing part of this is that I was being spied upon for ties to an American ally, Israel. Hey. Oh boy, the uh, the Dems are starting to get really stressed out about these debates. Um, they have some legitimate fears. I would I would venture to say that these debates are going to devolve into a, a horror show. You know, first and foremost, you're taking on a sitting president after a months long internal bloodbath. And this is going to be the first time millions of Americans actually meet the cast of this uh, reality nomination. And that has got to be uh, scary to Tom Perez and all the rest of it. They did a, um, a series of interviews, Politico did, with uh, 20 Democratic elected officials. And believe me, if Politico, writes the, Politico is writing this, that the Dems are freaking out, uh, you can pretty much assume that you're not they're not going to be able to cover up this this news because they literally favored the Democrats uh, about 99 to 1. Anyway, interviews with these 20 elected officials and party chiefs and labor leaders and all of these uh, hotshots reveal an air of foreboding verging on alarm <laughs> that the debates will degenerate into a two-night bare-knuckle brawl. I mean, this is going to be worth the price of admission. I couldn't be happier, actually. I got to tell you, last night, my grandson, who is uh, stays with us a couple of days every week, um, and in particular, it's fun for him during the summer when he goes to day camp at the Boys and Girls Club, so it's fun because we pick him up early, he gets to do things that during the school year he obviously can't do. He's got a lot of homework and reading and stuff to do, which he hates, so the summer is great. I mean, I remember being a kid and how much I loved summer, and so he's no different, and he is at that age, he's 12 years old now, and he's at that age that apparently all boys go through this because my son, who is, you know, without being braggadocious about it, a genius, 
um, was addicted to World Wrestling Federation. I mean, they take it so seriously that I, it's beyond my comprehension. My grandson last night was watching this wrestling craziness that goes on, I guess, hours every day. And he kept running in to tell me what was going on. And I said, I don't really care. You know, I don't even know who these guys are. You know, the last time I paid any attention at all was when Derek was young. And that was when there was like, uh, you know, Jerry the King Lawler. I mean, I think he's been dead for 10 years. Uh, you know, I'm talking about a time where uh, even uh, Hulk Hogan was on his way out, you know. So I don't know who any of these young people are, nor do I want to know. But it, the intensity with which an adolescent, we're talking about a pubescent boy, watches this stuff is similar to how political junkies like me will watch these debates. I mean, nobody's going to want to talk to me. I'm going to go on Twitter along with President Trump and Coulter and my usual cadre of uh, Twitter buddies because I don't follow everybody. I follow people who I find interesting and who will I will engage with during this uh, debate period. Some of the most fun I ever had was during the Republican debates and then during the debates between Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump. I just, you know, I'm a, I'm a political junkie. It does for me what World Wrestling Federation does for a 12-year-old boy, which I realize after saying that in that manner doesn't paint me in a very good light, but it is what it is. Uh, most of you listening to this radio program on a regular basis are going to be glued to your television set watching these debates. I mean, we literally live for this it's so much better than uh any television that i i'm offered i and when i was out in california you know my kids have this they've built this guest house in the back um and i was staying in this guest house and it has the smart tv apple tv whatever you know so you really can't watch network television um but you have netflix and hulu or whatever i you know I, it confuses me all the variety of things that you can watch amazon prime blah 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 but no like you know nightly news i'd have to go in the house to watch that but i'm so i'm i'm, I'm in there and my son had suggested that i watch this uh series i guess it was on yeah it was on netflix and i can't even say the name of the series because it includes a word that I'm not allowed to say on the air, but it uh, it was Eugene Levy in a comedy show with uh, his son is in the show and um, a famous actress whose name just escapes me right now. Um, but the name of the show includes the S word, you know, um, and and it's it's the name of the town that they end up owning and moving to and it's called s it's creek you know which is a pretty common expression people say hey you're up uh, that creek so the name of the show is that creek it seems silly that i can't say it because it's spelled differently it's s-c-h-i-t-t -T. um but i won't say it Anyway, so I'm watching the show for the first, you know, I, I guess I'm doing what's called binge watching, right? So I'm watching a few episodes and the first episode was hilarious. I mean, there's no, no kidding around. Um, I, I like Eugene Levy. I find him 
funny um, and the, the premise was funny and the characters were great actors. His son in particular is quite a uh, quite an interesting actor. So I'm, I'm watching this and I'm laughing. By the time I get to the second episode, not so funny. By the time I get to the third episode, not really funny at all. And by the fourth episode, I've completely lost interest in it. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, is there anything that can maintain my interest for an entire season? And with the exception of the last show that I watched pretty faithfully, which was Criminal Minds, um, which I can still watch the reruns of, that and uh, um, what's the other one I watched the reruns? Uh, Law and Order, SVU. You know, those are the only shows that I can maintain any interest in for the most part. And I certainly couldn't watch more than three episodes of this Netflix you know, show. But I will watch these debates. I will watch them live time. And then I will watch them again on YouTube. And then I will watch them again. And then I'll play sound from it the next day. And I'm in literally in, uh, in heaven, which is kind of, uh, kind of a description of people just like me and you. Um, we really enjoy this kind of reality television. See, I can't watch uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians or any of that stuff. I, I understand that people like those shows, but I, it's just, I don't care. You know, I don't care about those. I do care about my country. Therefore, I care about the people who are offering to lead my country. Uh, even the ones who I think are horrible. I care. I want to know where they are. I want to know what they are doing. Um, you know, I make commentary based on their rhetoric and their behavior right like governor newsom i just came back from california and yesterday he said that the republican party was going to devolve into a third party well that may be true in california to be frank although i, I saw a, a shift in california a, a, a noticeable shift um, you know, the last time I was there, I never saw a MAGA hat and I didn't see anybody who would have dared to suggest that uh, President Trump wasn't a monster, you know. And this time, uh, there were some obvious signs of, uh, of pro-Trump people. So I, I don't even know if it's true in California, but if it is true anywhere, it's definitely going to be in California where you have a homeless population in both Los Angeles, San Diego, in all three, San Diego, uh, actually all four, Sacramento and San Francisco with this ridiculous homeless pro homelessness problem and drug addict problem that kind of makes one go, do we really want to have the kind of leadership that California is famous for? And that equals Democrats, okay? So to me, watching these candidates tomorrow, and we'll only get to see 20. There's 10 the first night and 10 the second night is going to be as good as television possibly gets. Um, this is where these current uh, presidential candidates will start to take swipes at one another and my hope is that voters are going to be left with the impression that this is a bickering small-minded opposition party that's all they got they oppose donald trump 
it's going to be, uh, let's see, we have Randy Weingarten, the president of the AFT and a member of the DNC, saying that the circular firing squad is not going to help save our democracy or help working families. I'm worried it's going to be a scrum. A lot of people trying to score points on each other and looking like scoring points was more important than communicating with the American people. And, uh, you know, these are the same candidates who've been pulling their punches for months, have now escalated their attacks. Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, I mean, they're taking him on, every single one of them, over his uh, segregationist comments and uh, just, you know, whatever they can get him on. Last week, Cory Booker said that uh, Biden's relationship with proud segregationists are not the model for how we make America a safer and more inclusive place for black people. Senator Kamala Harris was no less blunt. She said, I would not be a member of the United States Senate if those men that he praised had their way. And, of course, Senator Bernie Sanders uh, has long criticized Biden for voting for the Iraq war, for voting for free trade deals. And uh, and now the only moderate candidates are unloading on the progressive opponents. And you can't you can't make this stuff up. So the first debates of the primary. I'm loving it. And you have to understand that a lot of these guys aren't even registering in the polls. So this is where you would want to define the policy distinctions, not snipe. But, hey, I can only hope that there'll be lots of negative personal attacks and that uh, and that it's a free-for-all. Because if it is, then uh, the Republicans will be in much better shape than they ever expected to be. Stay right where you are. We're going to wrap some business up and then come back for our final South Florida Morning Show. I hope that there is a serious conversation about voting on reparations. H.R. 40 has been introduced by my predecessor for decades, uh, Congressman Conyers. It is something that um, is very important to my district. Our, the National Conference on Reparations is going to happen in Detroit this coming weekend. Uh, this is an incredibly important issue, and this is something that is very rooted in, in trying to combat what's happened to black Americans, continues to happen with black Americans being um, uh, not on the same level after uh, ending slavery. I can tell you at home, it is direct payment that people want to see, but also increased access to higher education, to real equitable funding and education systems right now across the country. You see that now where uh, communities of color are getting still getting less funding for ed public education, uh, less access to lending, less access to, I mean, we lost more black home ownership than any other state in the country. Uh, so we're at. Well, that might be because of the uh, notoriously weak and horrifying Democratic leadership in your state of Michigan. Not that I want to confuse uh, Congresswoman Talib with the facts, but uh, right now we have an opportunity to speak with John Pence. He is with the uh, Trump 2020 campaign, a senior advisor and uh, nice last name. Uh, one of my heroes has that last name. How you doing, well, John? Joyce, it's great to be on, and I agree with you. One of my heroes does uh, share that last name, too. The vice president was just here to launch off the Latinos for Trump coalition in Miami, and you would not believe the enthusiasm and the crowd here. 
you know, on a Tuesday morning uh, when people have a lot of different things to do, came together to show their support for our president and vice president. It was really a great, great morning uh, to kick off. Uh, 2020. Yeah. Listen, it's not surprising to me. You know, I'm Hispanic. I had uh, Lieutenant Governor Nunez on yesterday, and we talked about the fact that, the you know, the big media would like you to believe that there is no Hispanic, you know, support for the president. And my experience is just the opposite. There's an intimidation factor, which may prevent some of them from speaking up, but not so much here in Florida, where Cubans and Puerto Ricans like President Trump and Vice President Pence. Did we lose him? Uh, I think we lost him. All right. Well, it was uh, nice chatting with you. We'll uh, we'll uh, hopefully have another opportunity to speak to the Latinos for Trump Coalition members. Anyway, um, it is amazing. It is really, I, I begin to look at some of the numbers that are starting to come in. You know, I, I was just looking, I think, at the Drudge Report earlier. And, you know, Matt Drudge is nothing if not cutting edge. And he does that by playing uh, pretty uh, openly um, without any show of favor. And when you look at some of these polls that are out right right now, um, I think that people are in for the exact same experience that they had in 2016. I think they absolutely are unprepared for what's about to happen. Uh, Stephanie Grisham was just named as the White House Press Secretary and Communications Director. This is going to be an interesting um, selection. She is has been the liaison or the press person for the first lady and she is a bulldog so uh, i'm excited about that stephanie grisham will take over for um governor well mike huckabee's daughter uh sarah huckabee sanders anyway thank you for your time this time until next time uh breaking news acting border chief resigns as migrant kids return to texas facility oh boy it's getting deep i'll be back tomorrow if it be his will and he delays it